0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Chobo Football Podcast. I'm your host John-Marco Chiang and I am currently joined by Erastus. Hi Erastus, how was your weekend? What was the highlight?
1: Uh, My highlight of the weekend was definitely the the news for for the upcoming European Super League. So sad for football, but never know what's going to happen from now. Maybe they're just testing, but... That was the highlight of my weekend. And of course, Barca winning 4 0 in the Copa del Rey final.
0: We are also joined by a new guest called Buckets. Hi, Buckets. Um, uh, just Hi. introduce yourself to the people and say what was the highlight of your weekend. My, name is, my actual name is Bell. And, uh, and,
2: it's, and it's the first time we had this podcast. Uh, so, my for the weekend. definitely was the it uh, was the European Super League. guys are complaining uh, about the about the lack of competition. I don't actually think people will be complaining when the clubs and receiving 30 million pounds. <laughs> so, it will be interesting. Maybe two, maybe and four. Liverpool. So my last weekend definitely is the, the announcement of the European Super League. Interesting. Uh, it looks interesting considering the amount of money that this club is getting. And now guys are complaining, but I'm not sure if they're getting the same sentiments after the clubs. <laughs> get the 300 million pounds.
0: And we are also joined by the usual Mark Kinyanjuri. Hi, Mark. How was your weekend?
3: Uh, Hi, guys. It's good to be back. Um, Of course, uh, it's been a really interesting weekend. Uh, My highlight of the weekend, definitely other than this news about the European Super League and Jose Mourinho getting sacked, was, of course, um, Frankie de Jong's performance against Barcelona. I mean, for Barcelona in the Copa del Rey final, um, I think he was really immense and he showed how good he can be, especially when making late runs into the box and getting to goal scoring position. So um, he was my highlight of the weekend.
0: And of course, we will be joined by a couple of guys later, but um, we'll just crack on with the guys who we currently have. So, um. The highlight of my weekend was definitely how we played against Spurs. Um, I'm not sure if it was a combination of... uh, I'm not sure if it's because like Mourinho knew he was being sacked or that we actually like outperformed, but um, I'm just happy with the performance to be honest. So um, we will go straight into the topic of discussion, which we are supposed to have today. Um, On Sunday, or was it Monday, uh, news came out about the European Super League. Uh, The European Super League is basically uh, 12 12 teams, including uh, the big six in in England. That's Arsenal, uh, Spurs, Man City, Man United, Chelsea, and Liverpool them alongside the big clubs in Spain, Barça, Real, and Atleti with Juve, AC Milan, Inter Milan. Um those clubs they're setting up their own league, which um which is supposed to be a replacement for the Champions League uh with the reforms that they're about to make in 2024. So now the, the European Super League will it has 12 12 founding clubs with three more uh, anticipated. So the the 15 uh, founding clubs will govern the entire tournament and five other teams will have to qualify each season. So I guess it's probably going to be the league title winners of like five leagues or yeah, first and second in one league. Let's say if Germany and France are not there. Oh, and um, Bayern and Dortmund are in there mostly because the fans own 50, I think it's 50% plus one or 51% yeah. of the club.
1: 50% plus one.
3: Um, I think it's, I think clubs are the ones with 49% of the control, if I'm not wrong. Um, I. I I, I, I I'm not sure but what I do know is that the fans actually have a a, a large say because they are allowed to to stake their, their their shares into the club. That means when it comes to making significant um, decisions like these ones uh, with regards to changes in in like these changes that we are witnessing this week, I think um, they're the ones who are, who are voting against the idea of joining the European Super League. That's why um, they're not available. Um, I'm not sure if it's 51, if it's 50 plus one or it's 51%, but from what I've been reading, I think it's 51%, if I'm not wrong.
0: Okay, so um, the proposed format of the tournament, um, the teams will be placed into two groups of 10. So it basically basically be like, um, the MLS, I think. Is it the, the, uh, the MLS, the NBA? So, like, they have the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. So, like, teams will play each other home and away in their groups, followed by a knockout stage, which will probably be from the quarterfinals. So, I think it's um, probably the top four. Then, an, another four teams will have a playoff. So um, all games will be played in midweek and the competition will run from August till May. They're planning for it to start um, this, this August actually. So um, the basic way of enticing the clubs is by telling them they'll give them just, I, I think it's 350 million pounds for just joining. And to be honest, like uh, the fact that uh, like I was okay with with the European Super League, uh, just the way it is. But the fact that they have the the 15 founding clubs, which can't be relegated, it's just destroying football. Like there's no punishment for poor actions, for poor governance. So um, we will start with with you, Arastas. Uh, what? Why do do you think we should be against the, the European Super League, especially from the perspective of a Man United fan? I think
1: it has disrupted the football pyramid structure, and it's you see it has destroyed the seventy years of European club football existing structures, giving club, giving any club in this world an, an opportunity to rise to the top of the pyramid. You see. You don't have the chances of teams like to 2 Leicester participating or either winning in the Champions League. It has utterly killed that mood, that, that spirit of goodwill of teams competing for top, top owners in the champions, in, in the top of the pyramid. Secondly, ma- managers cannot. For me personally, what I think the the next step is now is going to be now there will be changes in how football will be will be played because they they started saying that they will be it will be like basketball. There will be quarters every time you can call off. There will be changes. There will be big changes, and uh, I think most people will definitely disagree with those that that will be coming up, and they mentioned they do. The details. Those those are the only things I can say.
0: Um next we will move on to Mark. Uh there have been lo- loads loads of, of Arsenal memes getting slapped up six 0 and literally like that 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 video of of two clones fighting, then the caption is that yeah. spurs and national fans <laughs> <laughs> when both of them are, are being battered six nil every week <laughs> so um what do you think about the european super league when other teams such as Porto have have even said no but arsenal is there
3: um to be honest um it's mixed feelings for me um i'll, I'll start with the negative um i think it it's It's quite coincidental and quite ironic that this announcement was made um, right when we were struggling to get at least a draw against the mighty Fulham, sorry to say. Um, It was um, quite ironic and then um, the funny thing is that no one from Arsenal has spoken about it, not Kronke who's Who's virtually never spoken ever since he claimed take of the club when he took over from David Dean in two thousand seven. Um, the manager, of course, hasn't spoken because you know he's not earned the the credibility to be able to do to come out and say what Klopp said for Liverpool. I think and what Pep Guardiola just said today, he is not earned that credibility because he might criticize the decision, and then get made to pay for it by maybe getting sucked or something. Um, At the same time, um, I find it quite ironic that, you know, we find ourselves in a situation here. Yes, historically, we are a big club. And yes, coefficients-wise, we find ourselves in top 12 teams in the world because we've been, ever since 1996, we've never played a season without European football, uh, be it the Champions League or the Europa League. So maybe that has helped um, the club coefficient so is a little bit and the fact that it still has a large following. Let's not forget, it still has a large following globally. So it's it's still a big club even if there are mixed results elsewhere. Uh, but, um, you know, I found it quite ironic that, you know, yeah, it's, it's like a situation where we are being given a get out of jail for free card or we are being given a sort of like a um, a rope ladder to try and climb out of our well because our squad, let's be honest, aren't good enough um, to be able to compete with the likes of Leicester and West Ham, let alone uh, be be able to compete with teams like Real Madrid as it stands. Um, I think the Europa League may maybe have given us away way into, into the Champions League for next season, which doesn't, which isn't a competition that looks like it's going to happen now. Uh, but still, the squad in itself isn't good enough, and that's because of the poor structure that has seen us decline over the years, from being a team that competed for league titles and won titles unbeaten and getting into the Champions League final in 2006, to being a team now that is having to... To hope that it can win um, a second European competition to be able to make the Champions League, which is very unfair. And if I'm um, a Leicester City player or a West Ham United player, I'd be fuming right now at uh, the decision to, to see a team that is significantly below us um, getting into, into a, a super European competition um, without even breaking a sweat. Uh, but when you look at the bright side of it, um, I think Arsenal has recorded as much loss as any other club. Um, I think we've, we've lost over £150 million. Pounds. Um, that is ever since the coronavirus pandemic happened uh, because the Emirates Stadium, um, in as much as every team is earning um, good TV income uh, because times have changed nowadays. And that's why Spurs didn't struggle when they moved into the stadium unlike us, is still our main source of revenue. For every game that fans aren't able to attend, we lose upwards of 3.5 to 4 million pounds every match day. And um, the same can be said about Manchester United, who rely very heavily on stadium income um, because their stadium is a I think a 72000 seater approximately, if I'm not wrong. And it's always filled to the brim every time. So, um, and that's why they weren't able to, to rack up enough money to sign someone like Jadon Sancho for 120 million pounds. So I think um, that's why these Americans and these owners signed up for the league without hesitation uh, because they knew that, that they'd get significantly more money just for participating. They're earning 350 million pounds. And um, depending on the progress they make, um, up until the final of the competition they'd be earning an extra 250 um, million pounds that means um, a team that wins that competition will be racking in 500 million pounds so you can you can see why every team jumped ship at the opportunity and I don't think there is any team in the world that will turn down such a huge paycheck in my opinion so um that's what i've i've concluded so far from the whole talk
0: and um for you buckets you really seemed to have a positive light on the european super league but um what okay, so um phil what do you think about the smaller ca- clubs which probably won't get uh, the tv revenue from playing against the bigger clubs
2: In as much as I sympathize with the situation at the moment of the potential loss of the money they used to get, I think the Premier League has to start realizing that those six clubs which have all of a sudden been pulled, have moved away, bring a lot of the revenue into the Premier League. So, and in as much as... Um, they're important, especially for the clubs that have won many trophies like Man United and Liverpool. They also have to realise that it's not it, it doesn't cost the same amount to run Burnley as it does to run Man United. It doesn't cost the same to run West Ham as it does to run, to run Chelsea or Arsenal or Man City or any other of these big clubs with the wages that, the wage structures that they command or the number of players they'd like to attract, it does take a lot of money. And the fact that... Um, let me give an example. Man United, um, I've always ha- viewed it as, as the fact that... After Sir Alex Ferguson left, there was that, like, the... I call it, like, the Ferguson tax, where yeah. players are still attracted to Man United because of the fact that they want so much with Ferguson. Yeah. But after a few... A few more, a few more manager years passed by, and managers didn't bring in the trophies that they were known for. So that's Alex Ferguson tax started becoming monetary, meaning Man United said overspending for players that they needed. So now, now that that monetary tax is starting to weigh down, as we viewed by when they had. They couldn't weren't able to pay a cough of the money for central. So big clubs need big revenues. And if the small clubs don't acknowledge and they start being, I'll call it petty. I, I'll call it petty for the simple reason that they have to realize that they they do not command the same popularity. So they can't just be almost like childlike and also start throwing tantrums and saying, oh, um, we don't need them in this setup. We don't need them in the Premier League. So In as much as they sympathise with their situation, they cannot just throw away the money that they desperately need to run the clubs.
0: But um, don't you think like the the bigger clubs will rest their better players for the Premier League? Like let's say they're playing on Wednesday against Liverpool. Like let's say Man United on Wednesday they're playing against Liverpool. Uh, Saturday it's against let's say Newcastle. Then on Tuesday it's it's against Real Madrid. Like would you even watch the Newcastle game? Who playing? Huh?
2: I, I would. Why not? Yes. Um, and and the thing is, fans after realise, for them to support the clubs, they'll have to do the same too. Be, uh, be it because first of all, if teams are resting the better players for the Super League, won't it technically make it more competitive? will not we have more games like uh, Man City leads? or Leicester Man City, um, I'll pick Man City Leeds because Man City just said they're better players and were thrashed, okay, they were beaten, not thrashed, thrashed is a strong one, but they were beaten. So, wouldn't the Premier League be more competitive because better players are not playing? Uh, last, this is a question to you guys, what do you guys think?
3: Um, Abu, could you repeat that question? Um, because I, I was just thinking of
2: something. Better players mm-hmm. will be requested for the Super League, so in this case, you'll we'll have second-string squads for the or for, oh, the, for premier the Premier League. League. Yeah. yeah. So let's take, uh, for example, Man City have a very deep squad, uh, so does yeah. Chelsea to an extent. Yeah. So, would you yeah. say? Man City technically is the best club according to this year, season's performance. But they were beaten by Leeds because they've uh, brought in a second yeah, string score.
3: Of their players.
2: Yes. So, wouldn't it be more competitive and more appealing for better for the second string scores to face Newcastle, to face Burnley, when Burnley can actually have a chance of not losing 5-0 every time against Man City? Or... For a game not to have a 70-30 possession every time Steve Bruce shows up at a big six stadium, you get. Yeah, um, I think okay. I get what you are,
3: you're you're saying. Um, I think it it would um make these clubs um earn more confidence and be able to take the game to these so-called big sides. Um, like you mentioned, um, Leeds were able to beat Man City because. In as much as Man City was still um quite good on the day, they rested key, key players like Ruben and and on and on and on, and that's why um these players that came in that hadn't played in a while like Nethanake couldn't cope with their pace, and that's why they got beaten. I think it would increase that um that competitiveness about the league, and that means these players will be much fresher because they aren't. I'm um, sort of like um, having to sort of like, um, you know, become jaded and leggy because they're not playing these big games. And these big teams have to like prepare for to, to face a um, Man to face a Bayern I mean, sorry, to face an AC Milan, to face a Barcelona, to face a Real Madrid on a more um, weekly basis. Uh, but at the same time, um, I think people, in terms of revenues, I don't think people would, would want to watch these games a lot uh, because people will, will find out that these teams are resting their big players. And let's be honest, the average fan um, wants to watch football because he wants to, to see a big player performing. Um, like now, for example, a lot of fans are now go- going to watch, let's say Manchester United, um, because they want to see Pogba and, and Bruno in action, uh, but you'd find out that when they are playing a second string side, maybe in the Europa League, like maybe last season when they were facing Astana, you'd find out that in as much as these fans um, are, are following the team, and that team has a, a large following, not a lot of people would want to, see, to watch these teams because and um, these players that are coming in aren't as fancy as the starting lineup. Let's say, for example, before someone like, like someone would, someone would want to prefer watching a, a defensive partnership of Maguire and Lindelof than let's say maybe Zebe and maybe someone mm-hmm. else. For example, someone will would want to watch that much. Um, I get what you're trying to say. Uh, but at the end of the day, these teams are looking for this TV revenue. And if people aren't able to watch this, this, these games, it means the revenue will be significantly lesser. So I think it would affect the Premier League in a large, large way. And it's going to get worse, especially if, if UEFA and FIFA actually, and they in conjunction with the English FA, the Spanish FA, and so on, actually banned these players from taking part in these other competitions. Um, and I've actually seen a Madrid court, um, has prevented UEFA from sanctioning those moves. I think the players will still be allowed to take part in. Competitive football and international football and Premier League football, as usual. But but that's until um the that's for now. I I don't think it's not permanent yet. That's not a
2: decision that has been made permanent. Mark, um, uh, and everyone else. Now l- listen to this logic. yeah? we've you mentioned that because the better teams are not fielding the better players within those matches um people don't want to watch those matches right so that just shows the amount of dependence on the popularity of the big six uh the other 14 clubs have necessarily on on their tv revenue right like they depend on the big six to a large extent to attract people to watch those matches right
3: yeah yeah
2: so now my comment goes the question is now off the base, the interview that Florentino Perez had with El Chiringuito last night about the fact that Real Madrid are dying in terms of finances. Wouldn't it make sense to revive those clubs financially to a point where they can still continue attracting uh, the money, the TV revenue that will support the lower clubs?
1: But um, listen here. You see, you see these big clubs, they formed the financial fair play rule. So you see the small clubs, see there were billionaires who wanted to buy the small clubs and pump money in there. FFP denied them denied them that chance, so that the big club can stay afloat. I, I think the UFA is the one who has created this monster now.
2: Yeah, you know, like, FFX basically means you cannot spend more than you, you earn. Your own
1: yes, use your own revenue. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. What I think yeah. is, you see, teams like Barca, Man United, Arsenal, Real Madrid, they have huge debt, and they have reached this period of corona, they have reached a point they cannot even pay that debt. I, I think it's just a quick fix. To pay that debt.
3: Yeah, and also let's not forget. Um, like now from an from an Arsenal point of view, um, Arsenal literally had to to borrow the Bank of England. I think it was one hundred and twenty million, and that money is supposed to be to be paid back by May. Um, it wasn't supposed to be used for, for you know, financing transfer um dealings and stuff, and that's why no permanent player could join in January, and that's why they had to maybe bl- bring in a Martin Odegaard on loan, but not sign a, someone like a Jose Mnguawa on a permanent basis. Even if Ligun um, were backed into a corner where they had to start selling their best players, that's why you saw someone like uh, Dembele from Lyon moving to Atletico Madrid on loan.
0: Okay, so um another aspect of the European Super League was... um. Actually, like, we. Do you guys think um, that now for like clubs, uh, getting to the top four wouldn't necessarily matter? It'll just be winning the league. Like, there'll be no battle for top four. Like, um, when you get promoted to the Premier League, like your dream is to make it to the Champions League, to make it to the top four. But now, like you could end up with a season which first is fixed which it usually ends up being so often and the dreams of like West Ham this season there won't be a West Ham uh Leicester making it to the Champions League this season it probably won't happen um Everton battling for the top four like it there won't be a battle for the top four it'll just be winning the league so um We will just go to your roster since you haven't talked in a while. um, What do you think about that aspect of the European Super League?
1: Of course, it will overshadow that aspect of qualifying for the Champions League because it will be a closed league, but there will be invites only. This is invites. Maybe teams like Porto, Leicester, let's say Porto. Porter will be invited there, and they accept. I think it will over, overshadow, but I still think team will. The Champions League will still be there, and the teams. Some teams will still be fighting to qualify for the Champions League, even though it wouldn't be, even though it will be overshadowed by the Champions League. But what what happens? What if let's say let's say Leicester ha, has been invited to. To play in the European Super League, and then they face a team like, let's say, Spurs, and they beat them, and then they go ahead and win it, and win it. It will it overshadow the aspect of the European Super League again, because to me, that league is not making any sense.
3: Um, I think in terms of format, in terms of the the format is what is making everything confusing. The fact that there are there are supposed to be like 12 12 permanent members um, in the the league. And there isn't supposed to be a relegation for like 20 years. I thought thought the whole point of competition was about merit. That's what made it tantalizing. And the fact that you don't have to meet these teams each and every single year. Um, I think a situation where um, you only maybe like face let's say, a team like Bayern or Real Madrid um, once, twice, the rise or four times um, in maybe like five to six years or something. That's what used to make the Champions League a thrill. Right now, it's not going to be a competition. It's all about taking in the money. And I think people need to have a look at Fiorentino Perez. They need to have a look at Agnelli. They need to have a look at, um, is it? Is it um, G- G- Glazer? Um, I don't know if Malcolm died, the other one. Um, the one. Joe Glazer. The- yeah, Joe Glazer mm-hmm. yeah, Joe Glazer. People need to have a look at Stan Kronke. People need to have a look at Roman Abramovich. All those owners, because I don't think it's the fault of the clubs, but rather the decision made by these owners to join these European Super League. Um, right now, there is even talk about... Um, but I think the, the the Madrid court has has ruled against that decision by UEFA and FIFA to want to maybe like a uh, ban players taking part in these competitions from taking part in other um, competitions like let's say even international football like the FIFA World Cup, the Euros, um, because like right now. Um, Let's take a look at this from the player's perspective. There is supposed to be Euros this summer. Imagine you're someone like Luke Shaw. You've worked hard all season to try and prove your critics wrong. Um, you've worked hard to get yourself fit. You've worked hard to get your form up and get back into the England squad. And then you are told that you might not have to play another single minute for England again. You might not get to to represent England at the Euros. You might not get to represent England at the World Cup. Imagine how he'd feel after putting all his 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 blood, his sweat, his everything into into working hard to get his himself back into a squad. And then he's thrown virtual pie that he can't ever participate in that competition again if he takes part in the European Super League. I think it's it's unfair on the players. And it's also unfair on the fans, especially from these small teams, um, small with all due respect, in relation to like um, the the stature and the following of the club, not um, not focusing on the on the performance, um like let's say West Ham and Leicester, who. Even according to the expected um, table by Gameweek 38, Leicester were expected to finish third and West Ham were expected to finish fourth. They were, in fact, expected to finish above Liverpool, above Chelsea, above Tottenham and above Arsenal. Imagine how they'd be feeling right now, because I've seen someone like Wes Livofano on his, on his Twitter account um, absolutely livid about the situation. Um, i I think it's all about the merit. I think they need to clarify because Fiorentino Perez was sitting there saying um, that on that they'd welcome the possibility of having a, a second tier uh, super league, um, maybe a third tier uh, super league or something, so that these other clubs can maybe fight their their way. Into into getting into this big league. But now that's where the problem is. This big 50 league are here on for at least 20 years before they are relegated. What's going to be the thrill? There won't be a thrill of competing because regardless of whether you finish first or last. Um, You're still going to take part next season. So I think it's encouraging mediocrity, especially from an Arsenal fans point of view, because we've witnessed a lot of mediocrity for a club of our stature and our size. We've witnessed a lot of mediocrity over the years um, to the point that Leicester City, are coming back from League 2 in 2011 to winning the Premier League that was supposed to be set for us on a plate in 15-16, and yet we bottled it bottled it in typical version against players like David Nugent and, and the other players who weren't top quality with all due respect winning that league, you see. So I think that's where the problem is, um, that situation where there isn't
2: merit about the game anymore uh i hear you mark um that merit point definitely makes sense the fact that top clubs are held accountable to continue performing well and if they're not the clubs which are performing way better than them at that certain period of time are rewarded to play against the best true and that's why that's why you
3: are seeing uh memes Flowing around about Arsenal and Liverpool because I'm and Tottenham, sorry, because let's be honest, they are big clubs, yes, but they are not, they've been, by their standards, they've been performing poorly the last couple of seasons. Like now, for example, um, Arsenal finishing eighth and then uh, being expected to finish eighth again for the second season running, um, you know a team that finished ab- finishes above us like Leicester are expected to and West Ham under David Moyes of all managers with all due respect are expected to finish above us. You know, it's embarrassing and that's why um, I can't blame people for, for memeing us online right now.
0: And actually like um, uh, we have gotten a Another guest, actually, he's a Man City fan, which is rare to find in Kenya, <laughs> who aren't like 15 years old or younger. Uh, his name is Kevin. Uh, hi, Kevin.
4: Hello, hello, hello.
0: Um, What do you think about the, hello, the can you Super League? Yeah, we can hear you.
4: First I'm a Chelsea fan, not I'm a Man City fan. Oh yes. Yeah. So my my comments on my comments on the European Super League is that, that this is a competition that is coming up with the, some greed in it because you find that the richest clubs mm-hmm. in the world are now taking the center stage to ruin the football. Right now, football is like an economic business where you find that the biggest clubs, the powerful clubs, are now taking the center stage. You'll find that uh, the people who came up with uh, or the, the people who are driving up the clan, uh, led by Real Madrid president Florentino Perez, you'll find that uh, right now Perez is like, it's a uh, it's like a, a, a threat to UEFA and FIFA. You'll find that uh, the, it's a very big threat because of the that power he has or that uh, economic state status that he has. And you'll find that this European Super League is going to ruin uh, football a lot because people are now considering the money, not the joy of the football or the joy that has been in the football because they are not putting in place the fact that the fans are the one who have are the one who take major part in the football because they are the one who will pay the revenues they'll pay the tickets to enter the stadiums but when you exactly. find that they are, they are coming up with the decisions that many fans have not really accepted that's why you can see Others are starting to riot and uh, others are playing with the clubs to maybe maybe withdraw from that European Super League. So my comment on the European Super League is that it is a competition that is coming up with the greed. It is a competition that is coming up with selfishness and it's a competition that is going to ruin mm-hmm. that sweetness that has always been experienced in the world of football.
2: Kevin. Yes. Uh, hi, my name is Phil. I'm also, uh, I'm a Chelsea brother like you. So nice to meet you. Uh-huh. I have a challenge to that point you just made. I uh, like an intellectual. We uh-huh. uh, Would you say really, though, that we are true Chelsea fans that economically affect <laughs> Chelsea? Would you say okay? I speak for Africans, eh? but let's just include. Uh, let's speak to speak to Chelsea fans in Africa or most fans from Africa. Would you say that most Africans, apart from replying for DSTV, directly affect the economic status of clubs? Do they buy the Do they buy the kits directly from the shop so that's at those expensive prices? Do they sign up for the TV TV coverage, live TV coverage of that are hosted by every club, like Arsenal TV, Chelsea TV, Man United TV? Those are paid services that directly influence the, um, and the money and by the club. And surprised to say, apart from the paying for the TV, I don't think there are many ways in which Africans as a whole directly affect the economy or the economic status mm-hmm. of the big six clubs. Yeah. That yeah. being you are right because what, yeah, okay, I... let me let me just finish then you can uh, come. In. What you find is most yeah. of us. What do we do? We if you want to buy a shirt, we we go to the guy who sells a uh, thousand plus four hundred shillings for printing. We do not uh, go to the Chelsea Chelsea store online. An order for the shot, which is more or less the same quality, but you pay five, let's say, five thousand, and that's not including shipping. We'd prefer to pay this TV, which um, I would say that even though many people pay this TV specifically for football, it does offer something else as opposed to paying more or less the same. I don't know about the prices, but I assume, let's say, it's 20 pounds for the sake of the argument 20 pounds to watch. Um, Chelsea content directly, £20 to watch Arsenal content directly. So, football, yes, started as a game for the fans, but has it been that way for quite a while? Has Have fans stopped being as big a factor into the economic status of clubs? What I can say that
4: the uh, African uh, fans, we are like we are like passive fans because we mainly do not directly mm-hmm. account uh, to the revenue earned by the club because you will find that the revenue earned by the club is generated by most of the european fans who go to the field watch the matches directly purchase those jerseys from the from those uh, from the club but uh, as africans we are, uh, most of us are passive fans where you find that we don't attend the matches directly in the stadiums but we view them through the DSTVs, that is and uh, can I can we, say that uh, uh, um, I think, um, Kevin and Phil, I think I'll,
3: I'll, I'll tend to disagree with you guys to an extent um, that yes, we are passive we are passive from that point of view of like buying shirts, um, like buying club merchandise. Of course, no one here um, buys um, his club merchandise directly from from the Chelsea website or the Arsenal website or United website or whatever. Um, we tend to go and buy from elsewhere, and then we wear, and then we go and support. But from that point of view of TV revenue, um, I think I disagree with you guys because um, super sport – is what enables us to watch Champions League games and Premier League games, right? But Supersport, yeah. um, it's, it's broadcasting rights from Canal Plus. And Canal Plus is this French uh, um, cable uh, that, you know, enables us to be able to like watch games. Even they also, we, are, we are also able to watch um, Kenyan games, um, um, AFCON games from Canal Plus. And this Canal Plus is has earned rights from the Premier League to be able to broadcast its games. So I think, in a way, when we pay that, maybe that DSTV inst- installment, we are still paying um, Canal Plus, essentially. And this Canal Plus is the one that is paying the, the, the clubs, um, the Premier League. And then these clubs are able to earn these um, amounts of money from from... Canal Plus, that, that is. So, I think we still influence directly um, these clubs earning money. So,
2: let's say in a way they still... Um, Mark, 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 I hear you, but think yeah. of it this way. Think of it this uh-huh. way. The money you pay for the STV, is mm-hmm. it split to all 20 clubs? It's not. It doesn't go directly to the Arsenal. Yeah. It's split into all 20 clubs, yes. But so, now, my point was my point yeah. was that, that at some point, uh, going back to the point I said earlier, big clubs don't need the same. Uh, don't, you guys can see me? I don't know about my yeah. internet. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so, big clubs don't need, big. bigger clubs need more revenue to run uh, than smaller clubs. So, if the 20, the, the amount of money we send, via the STV installments is split within the 20 clubs. Won't you say that it's kind of unfair for Arsenal to expect to continue running on a fixed amount, like the same amount of money that Bandy yeah. get, the same amount of money that was Brom? Um, no, right? that's West point Western now. Run. Because the point now,
3: yeah. yeah. The point of European football in general, let even alone these European Super League, Um, Because, yes, every club Mm -hmm. earns equal amounts of money for a season. I think every club earns, I think, £90 million approximately. Every Premier League club earns £90 million from TV money. And that's why um, these small clubs don't like getting relegated. Because once they get relegated, all their income is gone. And that's why maybe you'll find maybe someone even like the tea lady when they're relegated to the championship will lose their jobs. Because let's be honest, yes, we follow championship football via apps and maybe and maybe um, highlights or something. But no one here sits down and watches a championship. Game, championship unless, is for betting,
2: unless
3: betting purposes. It's <laughs> unless it's a playoff for something, a playoff to decide who's the third team that that gets promoted into the Premier League or something. But watching a, a team through the season in the championship, no one here is going to want to watch, let's say, like Leeds last season, battling out against, let's say, Preston. No one is going to watch that game, let's be honest. And that's why... Um, tv TV's TV yeah. companies don't broadcast those games unlike in the Premier League. But now um, these big six teams um get more revenue from European football. Um Bandley don't play in the Europa League or the Champions League, so they won't get the money that maybe Man City will get from getting to the semifinals of, and maybe Chelsea and Man United and Arsenal, who are the four teams that are in the semifinals as it stands of European competitions. but we won't get that amount of money. Now, um, I think the idea of this European Super League is to get maybe Man United and Real Madrid facing each other off on a more regular basis. That That, that, that game is going to attract a lot of people as compared to, let's say, a, a team between, a, a game between Burnley and let's say a team like Leeds. Yes, Leeds will be entertaining to watch, but the average football fan wouldn't want to watch that game. Don't you get what I'm saying? I think that's why they are... And I, I think that's why, um, they are, um other than just targeting this J.P. Morgan money, they're also targeting this money from these big broadcasting um, companies. Like, let's say even like I've mentioned Canal Plus, that basically bro enables us to watch um, football, although indirectly via Super Sport.
1: But that point of Africans, you see, the even Europeans pay a lot of money to watch these games. It's not that it's not non. it's not non-African, but also some Europeans cannot watch these games. So you cannot say. Only. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, and the point
2: know, for African. I, I didn't want to... Pull, okay. Sorry. But and, want- okay, let me just say then you finish. I, I, it's a clarification on the African thing meaning fans yes love the game but would you say that more and more uh, more and more less fans, more, fans are less and less involved in the direct capital or direct ownership or the direct revenue of clubs wouldn't you say so like for example the lower, the lower tier your club is the more the more fans really have to dedicated fans have to be Part of the revenue stream but for us who love the big clubs we don't really need to be part of the revenue stream and that's the yes. thing because we are not part of the revenue stream even europeans i'm pretty sure they are that cannot uh, directly support chelsea they just like being chelsea fans but we can't let's say chelsea chelsea 100 million Chelsea, you can't just sing that song and then 100 million disappears. We cannot sing "Ah, say no" and then all of a sudden they have enough money to give Obama and a half a million mini contract, for example. Please don't do that, yeah. Mark. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> but you get my point. You get my point. Fans yeah. are less and less involved in the direct revenue of clubs, and especially with COVID. Now that you mentioned the figures of. Arsenal, Arsenal, if you make if you multiply 38 by, by 4. Uh 38 by, by 4. That's 160 million. Yeah. Hundred and two and that, and that's, and that's, and that's Euro- Out and, of revenue. Just because fans are in there. And you think big clubs would feel that effect? That's Premier League football alone. You've not even counted um
3: Cup football and European <laughs> football. So they're losing significantly more amounts of money from that. And I know Stan Kroenke in typical version. You know, Stan Kroenke, even when he bought the shares of the club from Dane, um, he had the audacity to come out and say back in 2015, I did not buy Arsenal to win titles. I think he was saying that he bought Arsenal, so he could you know, benefit more from his, bene- he could benefit his KSC franchise more. I think that was the point. So basically we are a cash cow for him. And um, that's why without hesitation, he'd want to sign um, for 350 million pounds to first of all, pay off these debts and also um, to get, um to to repay his his loan because he literally had to to give the club a loan from his own shares uh, because and that's why um there was this situation where 55 members of staff were made redundant and then also um, some the, this uh, uh, mascot this Ganasaros mascot was basically, um, declared redundant until Mesut Ozil had to come in and pay for his salary and stuff. I, there's been a lot of controversy with regards to to finances and also these FFP rules um, can't allow, um, let's say, these big teams to 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 spend these owners to spend their their own money. I think even Roman Abramovich nowadays um, doesn't even. Give a coin um to help with the transfer funds. I think it's I think you guys were able to spend so much money in the summer because you hadn't um spent the last three windows and also you you dragged in a lot of money from the sale of Hazard. So that's why you were able to spend money um extemporaneously um in a time when COVID has was preventing teams from buying the way they did. Even Man United, with all their money and all their fame, couldn't manage to to bring in Jadon Sancho for 120 million. But but pre COVID, they were able to bring in Harry Maguire for 85 million pounds, which now they can't. You you get.
0: And actually, like I...
2: raised a good point.
0: I, I think the main problem is from FIFA, like they haven't been regulating transfers, they haven't been regulating, like they haven't put a wage, what is it called? A wage cap, like, so clubs are just able to make dumb decisions whenever they want. Then like clubs like Newcastle, the, the Premier League, they, they refuse for them to get new owners just to make the big six happy. Like um FIFA and UEFA are trying to be the good guys now, but the the root cause of the mismanagement of funds at clubs. Exactly. Like exactly. big clubs being being broke, like Arsenal. Like Arsenal, I'm sure the the revenue streams are incredible. They get TV money, they get when the funds are there, they they should have a, a lot of money in the reserves, but they don't have it because they decided to pay Ozil 400K, Obama 300, 400K, and it's because FIFA and UEFA haven't put a wage wage cap on the game.
2: John Mark, you raised a very good point. The fact that UEFA and FIFA are very, very, what do you call it? They have very strong views against the ECL, ESL, just speaks to the fact that they're very, very fearful (laughs) the amount of money that they will lose because the big clubs have said, no, we cannot continue working under this model where we are basically making more losses despite being, we are losing more and more revenue despite being under your model, a model where it is still unstructured, big clubs as much as it equality. And for example, I was mentioning the fact that the new UCL format that they want to implement by 2024, it does not scream quality. It does not scream um, big matches up until the quarterfinals. Because that's the point Florentino Perez made uh, yesterday the court, Champions League in the past few seasons has never been as interesting up until the quarterfinal. That's when people are actually paying attention to it. So, and the fact that now they want to add more teams and, you know, with the four new teams and the new structure that they want to implement over league format, there are 100 additional matches. So, even if it's 100 additional matches, it's not 100 additional match, matches that will be able to account for the amount of revenue that the teams will spend over that time. In fact, the lower the lower the team, the 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 less rich the team that qualifies, the more likely it will financially benefit more from being in the Champions League. Ideally, is it what we want? Yes, but at some point, big clubs will have to step in and say, "Whoa, whoa no, we've lost too much. We cannot keep on giving free money." At a point where because it's a business. We still have to understand, from a, their point of view, it's a business. And they want to at least not go under. To at least not have that uh, period of uh, uncertainty where they can't buy new players. Because imagine this. Picture this. Imagine Real Madrid without the Galactico, app, uh, Without the image and the brand they have of uh, hiring the best players on a regular basis. Yeah. Having... Imagine Barcelona without Messi and the fact that to have Messi, they have to afford Messi and the prices he commands for being in that team and the amount of money they get from not being there. Messi being in Barca is what has always been a financially sound decision. It's the fact that their transfers and the other business that they keep on having are on behind the scenes has always weakened the club and the wage structure and all that stuff imagine um, what do you call it, at some point, these clubs that are built on being cannot support fans, and all of a sudden, they appeal good. <clears throat> then all of a sudden, they cannot be, be the same popular teams as before. So all i will say is that UEFA and FIFA stopped, they have to start, they have to at least agree on the points of view of the big clubs because they can't just take the moral high ground. Those big clubs they need each other. The big clubs, yeah, true, they need each other mm-hmm. uh, because yeah. because
3: to be honest, um, I was just reading a start and even posted it um online, um, with regards to social media following, um, I think, uh, these twelve founding ESL clubs, um, in all their social media following. Um, they have like 998.9 billion followers, right? I mean, um, I, I don't know. They have something like that. And then all other 86 clubs from the Big Five combined, um, actually, the 12 ESL founding clubs, in total, in all their social media followings, they have a combined 13, um, 1 billion and something. I think it's 1 billion, 1.3 billion followers, um across, across all social media platforms and then all other 86 clubs in the top five leagues combined um they have a combined uh, nine point something million followers or something so um these big 12 clubs are significantly larger than the other 12 than, than the other six clubs in terms of like following and stuff so that means if you take them out of these leagues you're basically saying UEFA um, and FIFA are basically shooting themselves in the foot because they won't be earning any money and they won't be earning any following because these these fans from these big clubs will stop watching games from those other clubs unless they are diehard football <laughs> fans. And we're talking about the average fan who only has time to watch um, a, a game his, his team plays or another big team plays, but not... Uh, a, a, a game that means versus Newcastle Hill, because that would be a boring game of football, let's be honest uh, because um, those two teams don't even attempt to try and play football, it's just a route one football where you hoof it to the striker and hope he he makes something happen long ball, you know, so no one would, would want to watch that game uh, so uh, I think that FIFA need to stop taking this moral high ground, um, like Phil is saying, because they're going to need these clubs. And also if they ban players from taking part in our competitions, no one will also want to watch a Euros where, let's say, Jack Cork is pulling the strings in midfield as compared to let's say, Jack Grealish or, or not even Jack Grealish um, is in a, as compared to let's say, maybe Mason Mount or something. People would prefer to watch Mason Mount pulling strings for England in midfield rather than Jack Cook or something. You, you get what I'm saying? So they, they need these big teams because these big teams are the ones with the, the big players. And these big players are the ones that, like Messi and Ronaldo, are the ones that basically end up being followed, um, especially Messi and Ronaldo. Uh, because Juventus are benefited financially and even socially from the arrival of Ronaldo at Turin. And right now, they find themselves in a situation where since COVID, they can't pay his wages and now are considering selling one of him or DiBala. And that's why I'm not surprised Agnelli was one of the founder members um, to to form this committee and sacrifice his position in the European UEFA committee and stuff. So I think they, they need each other at the end of the day
0: um but also i think like for this for these um huge european clubs in the super league like their target audience like the esl it will affect badly mostly like the local fans like the guys who are brought up who are brought up in london brought up in liverpool who support like their local club and their target audience is like us if we had money let's be honest um they're targeting the fans from texas or
1: asia.
0: southeast asia who will yeah who will like they'll play a game in beijing the fans will go there the club will go with the with the merchandise with everything the fans will just buy everything they'll create out and they'll most definitely get more money than the local fan who just buys a season ticket goes there every week they don't yeah. buy like anything more like they have their jersey from 10 years ago they just it every weekend so i think yeah the the target audience is the guys who will give them the most money and i think FIFA and UEFA are afraid of being left out of this, especially UEFA. UEFA are the ones who are most definitely going to be kicked out. But um, FIFA, probably they're more or less on the fence.
3: Yeah, and also just for getting into the Champions League final, um, or, or, you know, Ben you know, that journey through the tournament, I think UEFA gives out a maximum of £90 million pounds for the winning team. But the ESL is offering £350 million pounds just for participation. So um, if you can see why these owners um, want to try and they're looking after the interest of the teams from a financial point of view. But on the negative side of things, you are they're not looking at what... Um, the players and fans feel, and also that Asian market is usually targeted a lot um, because um, they are the ones who 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 pay a lot of money to be able to watch these games, and that's why even um, when you look at the the format of the fixtures, even the Premier League during the weekend, um, there is a reason big games are usually placed as early kickoff games or let's say at 30 p.m. kickoff games and not the typical 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. time because they are, they are targeting at, at what time people will be able to get home from work and be able to go and watch a game of football. Because maybe that's when people are, are getting home from work. And that's that's when um, a big team will, will be broadcast. Um, a, a game between big teams will tend to be broadcast that time because that's when people will watch to, will want to watch games like those. Um, like now here in Kenya, um, let's say a Manchester derby maybe played, let's say, at 30 p.m. On a Saturday night. And we all know at 30 p.m. that's when people are getting home from work. And that's when people are now just about to sit down and maybe watch news or TV or other forms of entertainment. So I think that's where they target and um, such times. And that's
2: what they're trying to do even now. I think the fact that Africa is not a big okay. I don't I don't th- the fact that you mentioned um... They aren't target um specifically American and Asian markets. Also speaks to the fact that us as Africans, uh, we are not big contributors to the revenue stream. Um, I'm not saying we are not like we are a minority, but I'm just saying it just speaks to the fact that we the, the uh games are favored to us just because of time zone and not necessarily because we are. The ideal market. We just, just have the passion for the
1: game.
2: Yeah.
0: Wait, actually, I've Ash- just seen Ash- a notification Ash- um, from Dan Rowan, who is, a, who is a journalist from BBC Sports. Um, Chelsea, they're now preparing documentation to request withdrawing from the ESL. Like, the, there are fan protests outside the stadium. So, I cut
2: Wakateta, hey, interesting. Yeah, ah, yeah. yeah. By there, Tamir, I've just seen that, uh,
3: that notification. By the way, Chelsea are withdrawing. Chelsea, to and that's according to The Athletic, by the way, um, a notification that Chelsea is supposed fans, to, withdraw, to withdraw because the, the fans have protested outside the stadium.
2: But, okay, let me ask and you. As what? Okay. Um, I don't know what Kevin is saying. But as a fan, wouldn't you like your club to not go under?
0: But they aren't the going
2: under. Okay. Chelsea um, aren't under the threat, yes, but clubs like Real Madrid. I mean, you can't just recoup. Real Madrid going by what say he lost 0.4 billion euros last year from the various expenses and i'm pretty sure one of them being the re- refurbishment and remodeling of Santiago and then the loss of money from being able to uh, funds to pay that amount yeah. so chelsea chelsea being out
0: Actually, Chelsea. I, 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 don't get why Chelsea I am okay with clubs like Real Madrid and Barcelona doing it, but there's some clubs it just doesn't make any sense. Like clubs in the Premier League, um, they already have more money than clubs outside of England.
4: Especially
3: Manchester City. I don't know why they are they have bags of money and they are, they are, they are still out here trying to, 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 they're not against the idea of, of, of being in the Super League and they have significant mm-hmm. amounts of money.
0: And especially but, like I saw at the, um, was it AC Milan? AC Milan it generated less revenue than, was it Crystal Palace? It was that, uh, yeah, like that.
2: You too. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Considering they're negotiating for Donnarumma's new contract, Zlatan's new contract, that, that spells danger.
0: Oh, here, here it, it is. is a single have a smaller revenue than Crystal Palace and Sheffield United.
1: you know this? Group, they're not considering the the financial aspect of the club. They're not
0: considering
1: the that, 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 that.
0: Yeah, Kevin. I,
4: I can say that uh, I I think I think as Milan was hardly hit by the COVID nineteen, where you find that now they have very less finances and. Mm-hmm. Do you think that uh, when withdraws from uh, that European so uh, far do you think there are consequences of them withdrawing because they
1: decide to contract them? Oh, Milan. You see, it's Milan. I think Esimilan is it's in the the Super League because it's just an historical club and it has a lot of fans around the world. You mm. see Even they're not... Its name is not even the European Super League, it's the, the Super League, meaning they can invite teams from other countries to play, or even they can go to other countries and play matches there. Yeah.
0: yeah. Or they can and, entirely switch and, the, uh, the location of a club like uh, Stan Kroenke. I think he moved his he, his American football team, like, that was the first thing he yeah. did. So, like, mm. he, why wouldn't he uh, change Arsenal and all to be like, let's say in Miami or Chicago? Yeah.
2: I, think
3: that, I think that's what they're doing. And then I won't be surprised if they'll start in, um, inviting teams with big fan bases across the world, not necessarily in Europe. Like let's say a team like Boca Juniors or a team like a River Plate. I won't be surprised if those teams um, one way or another or even a Flamengo will find themselves getting invited into, into, into this league. And it's it's very interesting that Chelsea are pulling out of it. So I'm not sure what's, what's going, going to happen. And yet, ironically, they still pulled out of the ECA. Um, but, you know, it's not made official yet. So we never know what could happen, um, I think. And then also... We're not spoken about enough about um, the European Council. These um, pr- newly proposed Champions League format by UEFA, um, where they are saying they want to adapt a, a Swiss model, where teams will go from will will be increased from that two to 36, but then now those four slots. Um, There is a bit of controversy about it, given one of the four slots is supposed to be given to teams that historically or in recent times have been doing well in, in European competitions, like let's say getting to a Champions League semi-final or something, but let's say not doing well the next season domestically, but they are still given a slot. Uh, because their coefficients allow them to do that. So I think it's, it's also controversial, um, the proposal that they are trying to form. But it's all in the name of trying to rack in extra revenue and all in the name of trying to, to let's say, um, to, to get funds, to get more funds and make it more popular. I think that's the idea because... Um, it will mean an extra 225 games will be played. I, I am not sure of that number, but it's all about trying to increase the revenue from TV deals. I think that's, that's the whole situation. And, uh, and it's been accelerated by the fact that um, COVID happened and it affected the whole world economically. So at the end of the day, I think you still have to look at, at whoever... Um, generated this virus because there are a lot of myths as to how it was generated and and how it came up because that's the person that we should be looking at because he's the one who's caused all this havoc essentially.
0: And actually like with the new Champions League model uh, it'll start in 2024 I think. Um, yeah. I think the major issue is the players like the calendar is already congested like these guys they're running themselves into the ground they'll have a world cup a world cup which which will be in december let's not forget um in 2022 so like the season will be compressed the next one we have no idea what will happen um euros has been delayed like everything is just Like it's becoming more and more difficult to be a footballer, not just because of the mental fatigue alone, but physical fatigue as well. Like you end up playing Wednesday and Saturday for an entire year. Of course, your, your career will end by the time you're 30.
4: Yeah,
3: true, true. And that's what I'm saying, other than just the fans these guys aren't looking at the interests of the players as it stands. Because, um, yes, COVID didn't help things. Because if it weren't for COVID, Euro 2020 would have happened a long time ago. Uh, Let's say something like... um, uh, Let's say Euro 2020 would have happened a long time ago. And something like Olympic 2020 would have happened a long time ago. And Copa America will be taking place this summer. And the AFCON will not have been postponed to January next year. It will have just been played this summer. So that means when they're done with these tournaments, they have to go back to their clubs. They have to play a whole season um, with significantly shortened holidays and significantly shortened pre-seasons. And then they have to hold a season in November and go – set up a boot camp for the for the world cup where you have to train a lot and then get to a, a final and win it and then after 2 weeks you're not even given a break you have to go back and continue playing in the in champions league games and you have to continue playing in in premier league games so they're not looking at the interests of these players and that's why players will go from retiring at the age of 37, 38 to now having to retire at the age of 34 for that five. because I can tell that now what's going to happen.
0: OK, so um, we I, I think that's all we have time for. Do any of you guys have anything you'd like to add on? We'll start with you, Uh something in conclusion.
1: Me, me, the problem is the problem that I have with the Super League will just kill inspiration of football. Let's say a team like Leicester beating between the you see the way Leicester won the league. It will not be there. Porto winning the Champions League. A young Ajax team team rolling past the big club to reach the Champions League. Same is these are the inspiring story, stories will will miss out. All. That's my only big issue with the, the Super League.
0: Uh, Phil.
2: The most important thing over the next few days regarding this uh, topic, the current the current issue, is the fact that we need more clarity, because this confusion that we all have as to, oh, what about what will happen to the clubs that are currently in Champions League? What will happen to future Champions League competitions? Will they run? All that stuff needs to be cleared out. Because the major fear is lack of revenue on both sides, and uh, for the fans, the fact that we don't have those inspiring stories that Erastas has mentioned. So, it be important At- that we get more and more clarity as to whether whether or not ES- ESL is here to save football or forever ruin it. At a Man City, I
1: reported Man City. Will soon follow. Chelsea and announce their intention to withdraw from the Super League.
3: Yeah, even Atletico Madrid are now um leaving the Super League. So I think I think yeah. it's, it's packed Super a Republic. lot of negative reaction. It's packed a lot of negative reaction. Even Fiorentino Perez now coming out and saying that he's saying right now, and I quote that I know it's 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 um this. Conversation has sparked a lot of negative reaction, but we must remain strong. And as you can see from Chelsea, Manchester City, and now Atletico Madrid, um, they are crumbling under the pressure. So I think um, fans are um, uh, you know, the fans um, are having a strong say. And right now, you, it looks like this project could collapse yet again. Uh, but what I can say before I leave is that I think if it goes on, clubs will be able to rack in a lot of cash uh, because they've made a lot of losses. Uh, but on the negative side is that these owners are still looking after their own interests, like Perez. Um, Carraga was saying that you shouldn't look at it as Real Madrid, Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester City, and all that. You should look at it as John Henry, um, Glazer, John Glazer, Stan Cronke, and so on and so forth, because they are the ones who are signing. And as you can see from the fact that teams are now pulling out, um, this project might not work. And that's all I can say. So it's all a matter of time. We have to wait and see what's going to happen.
0: Thank you so much guys for coming on. Um, my final thing will be to say that um, it was nice to dream about being slapped up by Apoel and Krasnodar every single week in the Champions League. Since that's way <laughs> we are going to qualify for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, thank you so much guys. Um, we will see you next week when probably will be back to the usual. Uh, and we will be covering the results of the Carabao Cup final actually, which is happening this weekend. Okay, bye bye.
2: Cheers guys, see you.